Welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Kintsugi Life is about learning, growing and strengthening from the times of adversity and challenge that we all go through. It's about valuing them as part of what makes us who we are. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. This episode, I'm going to be talking about the idea of the truth and the fact that while we are all very keen to believe that we're being told the truth and we want to know the truth and believe the truth, I think there's a tendency in human beings sometimes to to seek out the truth without really being able to handle it. And so hopefully you'll understand what I mean when I get into the topic. Even before daily life was dominated by the global pandemic and economic meltdown, I'd begun to realise life for what it is, a process of ever-cycling order and chaos in all things. As one aspect of my life settled into calm and routine, another would shift into a state of flux. It felt unsettling until I realised that that's how it seems to work. This continuous process of change is ever-present in life. Even the most stable and healthy jobs and relationships go through cyclical phases of good times and bad. The financial markets experience booms and then busts. We get sick, then we recover and feel healthy again until the next ailment or injury strikes. We enjoy good times because we have the frequent, inevitable lows to compare them against. These cycles of change help us to grow and adapt as humans. We can accept them as inevitable, or we can fight and resist, holding out for calm. Life carries on regardless. At least in the dark times, we can be fairly certain that there will be brighter times ahead at some point. As the occasionally controversial psychologist and speaker Jordan B. Peterson puts it, chaos and order are fundamental elements because every lived situation, and even every conceivable lived situation, is made up of both. No matter where we are, there are some things we can identify, make use of and predict and some things we neither know nor understand. No matter who we are, some things are under our control, and some things are not. This framework has helped me make sense of the world. The philosophy of Stoicism is the accompanying toolkit whose core principles have helped me adapt and thrive in spite of the inherent chaos of living. I'm not immune to the innate turbulence that's defined 2020 so far but I do feel better prepared than I might have been compared to the person I was a few years ago, having adopted this outlook. Stoicism and an acceptance of chaos are a big part of that. These have helped shape two of the key truths of my life. Life is inherently uncertain, random and chaotic, and I cannot control what happens, only how I react to it. I used to think life would make sense if I could absorb and analyse more information, through relentlessly seeking answers, I'd eventually discover the truth. I've since realised that more information, even that which cannot be disputed and is factually correct, doesn't necessarily make life easier to understand or to weather. Here's how it's played out. Seeking the truth. The virtues of patience and tolerance are essentials for getting through the uncertainties of daily life. They were always important, but in 2020 they are vital. These come more easily to some than to others. For everyone who's resigned to waiting and seeing how things will play out, there are another 10 who are desperately craving answers and certainty. They want to know when lockdown will be released. 
They want to know what will happen when the latest bailouts and subsidies run out. They want to understand when they'll see their families, be able to go to work, the cinema or their local bar or restaurant again. They want to know why governments aren't being open and providing advanced previews of how lockdown might end and when. The questions arise from a desire for certainty and order. They demand to know the truth. By my estimation, nobody on earth really knows the full extent of how this will all play out, but there's another factor behind why governments remain tight-lipped in sharing details. We can't handle the truth. I don't just mean in relation to questions arising out of the pandemic, but in normal daily life too. We don't always like or accept the truth, and we often do better if we don't know the truth, especially if it doesn't correspond with what we want to hear or to believe. We don't want to admit that we don't exercise enough and eat too much of the wrong kinds of food. We'd rather blame our excess weight and ailing fitness on a genetic defect or circumstantial factors that are, rather than admit fault. We blame our faltering career on our boss favouring our co-workers over us, rather than blaming our questionable work ethic. It's too difficult to master the guitar, train for a marathon or write a book. We'd rather believe that such things are the preserve of the naturally gifted or those with support or opportunities that we lack. We don't accept logical, scientific or practical explanations for events happening around the world daily. We'd rather blame scapegoats or concoct conspiracy theories that suit our agenda or our ideology. When we don't like the truth, we're happy creating new truths that serve us better. We selectively interpret the truth, and there's little about your stay-at-home order that could be taken in dispute or open for interpretation. Yet many seem intent on concocting alternative interpretations to justify their flouting of the rules, which limit the effectiveness of the measures as a whole. If any government were to share details of future changes to controlling measures, some sectors of the population would misinterpret those as reason to change behaviours immediately. Some might do so out of malice, others out of misunderstanding. The effect would be the same regardless. If it were suggested that in two weeks we could start to visit with relatives again, someone would, someone would interpret that as an instruction that they can start to do so immediately, or reason that it's going to be okay in two weeks, so why not now? It's simplest if there's only one set of rules to follow and one version of the truth that's shared. Even when we can't expect 100% compliance, this helps explain why there's no appetite for sharing more of the truth than is necessary. We believe what we want to believe, truth or not. I personally don't believe that life will ever return to a state of normality measured by what we were used to before COVID-19. I think we should accept what we have now as our new normal, but that's just my view. When lockdown's released or slackened, I won't be rushing out to associate with more people than I have to, even if I'm told I can. I have no desire to rush to the shopping mall the minute it opens just so I can buy more stuff I don't need and potentially pick up the virus in the process. But my actions are shaped by my truth and by what's most important to me, protecting my health and that of my friends, loved ones and my community as a whole. The truth in terms of what's technically, scientifically and philosophically and morally right is only part of the picture. The rest is down to my own way of thinking. The truth and the facts are only one part of the puzzle. We believe what suits us and we reject what doesn't suit us. The truth isn't always easy to believe or comfortable to accept. We often reject the truth even if we know deep down that it's irrefutable. I don't want to contemplate the worst if anyone I love should catch the virus. 
I don't want to accept the tenuous nature of my employment. As rock solid as my job seems right now, something could change and my income could evaporate overnight. At the end of a painful workout, I don't want to think about having to keep doing the same many times over if I want to protect the gains I've made. The truth hurts. The truth often represents the hardest path. The truth is often what the opposite of what we want or hope for. We all exist with truths that are uncomfortable and unsettling. We ignore the bits we dislike and begrudgingly accept those that we have to. And we concoct our own truths if it serves us to do so. I'm as guilty as any of knowing and coming up with my own explanation for things, even if I know I'm lying to myself deep down. I'll delay phoning a friend and convince myself they're probably busy and don't want to be disturbed. I'll quit on a set of exercises, pretending that I'm respecting my body and avoiding injury. The housework can wait another day. I'd be disturbing the kids if I got the vacuum cleaner out right now. Whether we concoct our own truths to pacify feelings of guilt over letting personal standards slip, or we convince ourselves that our circumstances justify breaking the stay-at-home order, the same applies. We create our own truths that suit our own purpose. You want answers? You want the truth? When the press calls for the government to share its plans for ending lockdown, or the public bemoan the lack of transparency, it comes from a place of good intent. Dealing with adversity and uncertainty is often aided by seeking out more information to give reassurance and comfort. Can we really handle the truth though? Will it really help us feel better, or just complicate matters? Is more information really the issue here? Is greater insight really going to bring more comfort and certainty to the situation? More information might prompt more speculation, hypothesising and anxiety, which would in turn promote even more discomfort and chaos. In the immortal words of Jack Nicholson playing the irascible marine colonel Nathan Jessup in the movie A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth, and maybe just that's just the fact that we all have to accept. So I hope this has prompted you to think about the concept of the truth and how you seek and apply the truth in your own life. Until next time, this is Toby from Kintsugi Life saying goodbye. You've been listening to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. You can email me on toby at tobyhazelwood.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love for you to leave me a positive review if you feel I'm worthy of one. And I'd also love for you to share this with anyone else who you think might benefit from the content. Until next time, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye.